bless you all. You may be seated. I want to thank everyone who is participating in our emergency fundraiser for uh, furnaces and air conditioners. The two units have now been ordered, although it was not the way it was expected. Perhaps in the end it was good. We got them for a little cheaper than what we were expecting. I called to order, and they gave me a different price than that they had originally gave me. So I jumped around town trying to find the right deal, and I uh, think we've got it. We've got them ordered, and they just they don't have them in stock, so they said it'd be a couple weeks. So hopefully that's true, <laughs> that it won't be a really, really long time. Although, as you can well see, we're about at the end of needing the air conditioner. Amen? Fall is upon us. The leaves are beginning to change, and in a month they'll be in full display of color. And then in another month they'll be gone. And then we'll all be depressed because winter is upon us. Or at least maybe not as excited about going outside anyhow. And that also means it's football season, another, another, what, how did I, I saw it said so well in a social media post this week. You know it's not fall until you have full-on depression from the brown season. Something to that effect. Something to that effect. And yeah, it, it took all of two weeks for it to all come unraveled this time, but hey, that's, that's just part of, of being from Cleveland and being a Browns fan, if you are. Amen. Well, that has nothing to do with our service today. So let me take our attention to the book of Revelation today. I'm just going to read, to begin with, one verse from chapter 3 in Revelation. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 19. I'll be reading this from King James Version. 3 and 19. As many... As I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about friction. Would you bow your heads and let's ask the blessing of the Lord upon the remainder of this service. Heavenly Father, Thank you, O oh God, for these people. Thank you for their heart and their desire to be here today. God, I ask for your help, for your anointing, your special touch. Be upon me. I could say something worth hearing. Lord, that would bless your people and help us to grow in knowledge of you, to grow, God, in your spirit. In Jesus' wonderful name, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Universally so. Universally so. People do not like to be chastened. People do not like to be rebuked. People do not like to even be nudged in any direction that is breathing that what they have done, what they think, whatever, is wrong, is in error, is incorrect. It is a discipline to learn to be open 
to another point of view. It is a discipline just to be open to someone else's point of view. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're sitting there saying, no, it's not. I do that all the time. Well, thank you for proving my point. Since you disagreed with me in your mind, showing that, yeah, it's a discipline to be open to even another point of view. It's not that it can't be learned. It's just that we have to remind ourselves, oh, oh, I, um, I could be, I could be wrong. It's real quiet in here today. Good day to talk about this, Pastor. Making everyone uncomfortable. Well, anyhow, even if I don't get any witnesses today, I'll say it one more time. It is possible, friend. You can be wrong. It is possible that even with passion, with conviction, with zeal, though you pursue an end, you can be wrong with all of those things. I mean, I, I really believe it. I know, I know, but, but you don't understand. I really believe it. I know, I know, but you got to understand. I just, I believe it so much, there's no possible way I could be wrong. Sarah and I love to joke about these things now because I tend to forget everything. So I get to argue whether or not I know something, knowing good and well I don't. Because I just don't remember. And I tried to fabricate in my mind what I would have said in that moment. And you go, no good and well, I can't do that accurately. I can't do that with total recall. I can't do that in, in a way that makes any kind of sense at all because I just don't remember what was going on, my mood, the temperament, what the day was like. And so, folks, it's a, it's a discipline, even to accommodate someone, someone else's opinion sometimes. But moving beyond just opinion. When we talk about something very severe, when we talk about something heavy, weighty, worldview, outlook, religion, politics, Oh, yeah, there's some friction that can occur. And that kind of friction can even occur within the same religion, within the same faith, within the same congregation. It's fascinating to watch people sometimes. And, and I feel comfortable saying this because this has not happened recently. So don't, don't think I'm picking on anyone. If this reminds you of anything, it's not you. It's just nothing's happened recently. But it is hilarious to watch people come to me for my opinion on a spiritual issue, on what they ought to do or not do. Having already made up their mind, coming to me simply for confirmation bias. And when I say, well, this is the, what I think, and this is what I probably would do, but of course it's your life. And they just kind of, the wind gets knocked out of their sails. And I wasn't even trying to do that, Bishop. Because they realize, oh, that's not what I think. 
Well, folks, I mean, I, this, is, this is no great charge and no, no great problem, but understand, if you come to me and you phrase whatever as a question, I'm going to take it as a question, and I'm going to give you my answer. Don't be surprised if I give you what I think, if you ask me what I think. But nonetheless, because it's not what people expect. You see, it's a discipline just to accommodate the other side. Just because it was not what they were expecting. Oh, oh, now there's friction. If we're not careful, there can be enough friction to start a fire. And if we're really not careful, that fire can burn uncontrollably and can ruin relationships and can devastate a lot of potential and what could have been very good suddenly turns to destruction many are the examples in the bible of god giving a command god giving a word god giving an order only to watch people ignore it Old Testament, New Testament, whatever, we can, we can take our pick. And we love to pick on Samson, falling for Delilah, and, and doing everything he shouldn't have done at least once. We can pick on David, we can pick on Moses, we can, we can pick on a lot of people. But a fewer, fewer the times where we can say, oh, look at them. They heard the word of the Lord and they hastened to it. So when we read here in the book of Acts about Saul, before and during his conversion, you'll remember that he was holding the coats of those who stoned Stephen, the first martyr of the church, right? And in the next chapter, the Bible says, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. He made them a stigma among all the Jewish people, anywhere and everywhere he could. Entering every house, dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. And in the next chapter, Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. He desired of them letters to Damascus, to the synagogues. I'm, I'm going to go on a missions trip for persecution. I'm going to go to another country to arrest these people. They vex me so. Understand, Saul was a devout man. Saul was a man that had great conviction. Saul was a man who had great passion that burned within him. And it came out in his service to the Lord to persecute the Christians. Now, how can that be? Well, that's just his history. He's, he's a Jewish man. That's his history. We look back at the time of the Maccabean revolts and, and, and we have great examples of, of the Jewish people standing up and, and serving the Lord in as much as they could to fight off heathens out of their land. Saul feels that same kind of conviction because he loves the Lord. Well, I don't know if you realize, Christian, you can love the Lord and still be in sin. 
Or you can say you love the Lord and still be in sin. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments, right? Now, I do remember, even for Saul, this should apply somewhere. It written, thou shalt not kill. Everybody loves to preach about how Saul was sending them to jail, but he was consenting unto their death. He was consenting unto Stephen's death, and we just read it. He breathed out threatenings and slaughter. He wanted to murder them. He desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he be found in any way of this, that if he found any of this way, rather, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined, shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul. Why persecutest thou me? He said, Who art thou, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now there's several things to point out here. But you can see so much of the character of Saul in his conversion to Christ. You can see so much of the character. He gets struck down and unlike most of humanity, he recognizes this is God. I may not like it. It may not be what I was expecting. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. You want to give me a break? Yes, sir. I'm ready to do it. See, the passion that's in Saul, the passion that, that, that we all as humans have, that, that conviction that we have to, to well, I, I don't know, to do, just accomplish whatever is in our life, taking care of our family, taking care of business, trying to get some success, you know, try, trying to do what we think is, is what we ought to do. It burns inside of us. Right? It burns inside of us. And and, and it's hard in one moment to douse the flame, reignite it, and put it in another direction. This is tumultuous for most people. You know, it's an undoing of themselves, and they can't really, really figure it out because of the dissonance in their head. But Saul recognizes right away. Who are you? I know that this is the Lord. What do you want me to do? It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. That's friction, folks. That's, that's friction. It's hard to come to someone and ask their opinion, expecting confirmation bias. And then you get an answer to the contrary. 
It's hard to come and ask a friend their opinion and to stomach it when they say, no, I think you're wrong. I think you should do it this way. It's hard to kick against the... It's, it's hard to kick and to move against authority, against power. Amen? Now, I, I, I wish our church was just packed full and that we've outgrown this building uh, 10 times or whatever. I, I wish we had 1,000, 10,000 people that came and worshiped here. But the Bible's clear that God gives the increase in his kingdom. Okay? God gives the increase everywhere, severally as he, as he wills it. Okay? I'm comfortable with that. I have to be comfortable with that. Every church might be a little bit different, but what I have noticed is that, is that when, when people, historically, this is no reflection on anyone here. Historically, when people have, have decided they are going to kick against the pricks and they are going to create friction, that's a fire that don't last too long at the Branch Community Church. They seem to just realize, I need to leave. Because no one wants to listen to me. I don't have anyone in my corner. Pastor doesn't seem to want to be manipulated. You're right. I don't want to be manipulated. I inherited that from the bishop. And from mom. It's just one of them things that, that came down. And, and so God moves upon preachers. God moves upon leadership. God moves upon pastors to proclaim certain messages at certain times. And I'll just be honest. Sometimes it rubs people the wrong way. Kind of like a few years ago, I decided it would be a good idea for us to raise about $30,000. It was a high goal. It was an extreme goal. But I felt moved from the Lord. We're going to raise $30,000 for a mission. It was in Africa, I think. And then someone decided to leave the church because all I did was ask for money. Because, you know, you, I, I wear it and I live in it and I, you know. Well, I definitely do eat it. Ain't no denying that. But folks, come on, you know I'm not rich, and you know, you know I'm not I, 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 I flaunting money around in cash and this and that. I, I mean, it was a ridiculous notion. And see, that, 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 you know, it's, it's insight into people's souls. They leave before they leave. Because it's hard to get to kick against the pricks. It's hard to hear the word of the Lord and not agree with the word of the Lord and still sit there and hear the word of the Lord and still try to kick against the word of the Lord. Uh, would to God that we all could open our hearts and open our souls enough to just receive what God is saying to us, not just today or tomorrow, but every day of our lives that we could be open. God, search me. Show me where I'm imperfect. Show me where I don't measure up. Don't let me be like Belshazzar, that you've weighed me and measured me and I've been found wanting. It's hard to kick against the pricks because I burn with passion. See what Jesus says there in Revelation chapter 3, what we started with 
I love you, so I rebuke you. I love you, so I chasten you. Be zealous, therefore. Burn. Burn with passion. For what I say, just as much as you were before, against what I said. Chasten means more than one thing. It can simply mean to instruct. All right. This is what we're going to do, team. This is what we're going to do. All right, I picked on the Browns a little bit before, but I'll pick on them a little bit more. We're in the huddle. All right, team. This is what we're going to do. We're going to pass the ball. We're going to pass it to so-and-so. He's going to be at this spot. And then we run the play, and that person's not at their spot, and the blocks were missed, and everything went wrong, and I got sacked. And we huddle up again. Okay, that chastening didn't work. Let's take it to the next level of chastening. Admonishment. Correction. Hey, bozo, you blew your assignment. Make sure you block better this time. Make sure you make way for him to get into position. All right, let's do it. Hike, and everything falls apart again. Kaboom, kabang. Down goes Watson. That's the quarterback of the Browns. Everyone who's missing it. And we get back into the huddle. You know, there's a third level of chastening. You want to know what that third level is? I bonk you over the head. Physically. Do the right thing. Whom the Lord loves, he chastens. He will instruct you. He will admonish you. And if you still don't want to listen, he will scourge you. Yeah, that one word can mean anywhere from instruct to scourge. It's not because he doesn't love you. It's not because he hates you. It's not because he's trying to pick on you. He's trying to get you to see something, to understand something. That passion you have to do the wrong thing. It can be repurposed into the right thing. You can achieve a synergy with the Lord and he can make you more than you ever thought you could be. With him, you can be so much more than you ever could have by yourself. And so when we read about Saul, it, that, that, that's the story. It's such a transformation. He can't even be called Saul anymore. Now he's Paul. I have changed my life. The old man has passed away. All things have become new. I am on fire for Jesus Christ. Uh, maybe that's hard for us to identify with, but it was hard for the first church to identify with too. Paul got converted and immediately started trying to preach. He got it. He understood it. But you know what? They said, isn't this Saul, the guy who wanted us dead? People were not even ready for his passion. We're not even ready for him to be. Con they didn't think it was possible. Ah, friction. More for in the church. Imagine that. Among people of light, precious faith, friction. 
Paul had to endure three years of nothing before people would even hear him. Go back and read it. Go back and study it, how he went into the desert just studying, just reading, just preparing himself. Went into Arabia for three years. And when he came back, finally they were ready to hear. And everywhere he went, whether he was at a synagogue somewhere in Greece, if he was on an island uh, shipwrecked, or if he was in front of Rome's highest officials, he shared with them, I was on my way to Damascus. I used to persecute the church. I used to not believe in any of this stuff. I used to not believe that anything they said could be so. I used to refuse the name of Jesus. I used to never think that it's possible I could speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. But I was on my way to Damascus to arrest more of them. And suddenly, a light shone from heaven. It changed my life. I said, who is this? He says, Jesus. Change your ways. And ever since then, I been set on fire for his kingdom. Amen. Set on fire for his kingdom. Paul, Paul seemed to understand there's no point in kicking against the pricks. It's kind of that Gamalic logic that we find in the book of Acts. You know, if this is designed of men, it will come to naught. But if it's designed by God, there's nothing we can do to stop it. Gamal was his teacher. So maybe that's why Paul seemed to just get it. Hey, ain't no point in fighting against this. This is it. This is legit. Insomuch that when he was permitted to leave his bondage after having been arrested, and Agrippa says, you know, Paul, you're so good and you're so passionate and you're so I'm amazed by you. I, you almost have convinced me to become a Christian today, but I, I, I'm not going to come to church with you, but I'll let you go. And Paul says, no, you won't. I appeal to Nero. I appeal to Caesar. I started out by saying, you know, universally, we try to escape the rebuke. Universally, we try to escape the chastening. Universally, we don't want to be goaded by anyone's words or their deeds or, heaven forbid, their fists. We don't want any of it. But when we get enough God deep within us, those words of revelation... Boy, do they take on a powerful meaning. Be zealous, therefore. Burn within. Burn within. Be zealous for my work. Be zealous for what I'm saying to you. Be zealous for the kingdom of God. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll even go to Rome and I'll even talk to the emperor because I want him to know one day I was on my way to Damascus and my life changed 
I mean, this was Paul through and through in the end. He came to a, a, a group prayer meeting, and a prophet named Agabus was there, grabbed his mantle and said, Whosoever cloak this is will be bound in Jerusalem and thrown into jail. And the people there begged and pleaded with Paul, don't go. Didn't you just hear Agabus? This word is true. This word is right. And he says, Why, what do you mean to break my heart and to do these things? This is the plan of God for me. I am zealous. I hasten to the bonds prepared for me. The things which I once had value in, which I once treasured, you know, they are nothing but a, a, a pile of garbage to me. And that's modern language. It's stronger in the King James. Those things are all laws. I don't care about any of that. I am zealous for the Lord. But, but Paul, friction. It's amazing how when you are serving the Lord, the troubles of this life don't create the same kind of friction. When you have it clear in your, your mind that he cares for the sparrows, Certainly, he's watching out for me. None of those troubles seem to weigh. It doesn't create the same friction, does it? Oh, that we could become more like a Paul. Oh, that we could have a revival that inspired people to take on the world for Christ. Amen. We're going to have a church cleaning day, right, this, this Saturday. Some of you know this story. I'm, I'm reminded, um, well, it's been probably more than 15 years ago. Now we were having such a day, a cleaning day, and doing odds and ends. We actually had a good turnout. And one gentleman, we're about halfway through or more, came up and said, okay, well, what's, what's next? I said, okay, well, we're outside here. I think we need to start bundling these sticks that we had cut down or, or, or whatnot. And, 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 you know, he just had this funny look on his, his face after I said, yeah, we're bundling these sticks. And he says, well, I'm really not into bundling today. <laughs> That's word for word quote. I'm just not into bundling today. What am I supposed to say? Thanks for coming. See you later. Doubt my face. So the truth is we usually are not burning with passion against Christ. You know, those in here. We're not burning, we're not creating friction usually against the kingdom of God. The truth is that we're, we're far more like those in chapter 3 of Revelation where we read, right? He, he, he says, if I rebuke you, if I chasten you, I love you. Be zealous. You know what he said right before that to the church at Laodicea? I would that you were hot or cold. I would that you had some passion. I would that you had care at all. I, I would that you just, you know, you, you would get in or get out and quit being so wishy-washy and, and half in with your heart. Burn with passion 
for the kingdom of God. Yes, amen. Create friction in your world of people that are not ready and don't want to hear it. Proclaim the message of the cross. Proclaim the message of Pentecost. Proclaim the message of my spirit and my way and my word. Burn. Burn within yourself. But we, like a overnight cup of coffee, come to the mouth of the Lord, and he's like, Pugh. Well, that's what he said. I mean, that's the Deaton version. But because that you are neither hot nor cold, I'll spew you out of my mouth. You're just not good for consumption. Some foods are just not good unless they are hot. Some foods are just not good unless they are cold. You ever drink a warm milkshake? Been sitting out on the counter all night because the kid forgot to finish it and put it in the refrigerator or freezer? That's what God thinks about us when we, you know, just apathetic to the kingdom, just just don't really care one way or the other. Or, you know, that's someone else, I, someone else will get that. You know, I, I showed up, but I'm really not into bundling today. You know, I, why are you picking on me, preacher? I, I came. Yeah, you came, you saw, and you walked away. You're supposed to come see and conquer. But, you know, ah, whatever. It's all good. Maybe I'll feel better next week. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll care about this. Well, church, what, what better day is there than, than right now? Right? What better place is there than, than right here to get serious about God, to feel that conviction, to feel that zeal? Yeah, and if it's necessary, even he says, uh, Repent. Turn around. Turn away from that. Do an about face. Get serious about the kingdom of God. Would you stand to your feet today? I want to thank everyone here for your attention. I know I didn't have you swinging from chandeliers, but I really felt like I felt like the preacher had the attention of the people today. So thank you for listening. Thank you for hearing what I had on my heart. And I want to say one more time that this is not a reflection of anything that's happened lately. But it's funny how God will drop something like this because he knows what's going on where I don't. So hear the word of the Lord. Receive it. Would you raise your hands towards heaven right now? Heavenly Father, help us, God. Help us, God, to burn for you. Help us, God, to feel convicted, Lord, not for our own purposes, not for our own ends. God, not for what Dan wants, but for what Christ wants. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Lord, to be fully persuaded 
Strengthened, O God, only with your spirit. Convicted only with your word. Jesus, Jesus. Don't let me kick against your kingdom. Don't let me kick against your word. If you speak to me, Lord, let me know it's because you love me. It's because you care for me. It's because you want to spend eternity with me. Oh, in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am blessed. I am blessed every day that I live. I am blessed when I wake up in the morning. Till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. Oh, I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. For this day and thank you for these people go with us jesus help us to hide your word in our heart that we might not sin against you in jesus wonderful name we pray amen 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 god bless you all you're dismissed in the wonderful name of the lord